This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And on the Night Shift this week, we took a look at two albums that are turning 50 in 2023. One of them belongs to Sir Elton John, the other to The Who. Which is your favourite? Have a listen and make your decisions. For me, it's got to be Sir Elton, but uh, for Kel, I'm sure it was The Who. Enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show, weeknights 8 through 10, here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Music conversation coming up right now. And uh, classic albums that are turning 50 in 2023. Joining me is a classic guitar player, uh, <laughs> Kel. He's not turning 50 or anything like that, but um, he's uh, certainly an enthusiast of great music. And uh, I mean, 1973, I mean, you're just looking down the list, some of the albums that were released. We had Aladdin Sane that we talked about last yeah. week, of course. The Eagles' Desperado, Billy Joel's Piano Man. Uh, we also took a look at Wings' Band on the Run last week. Some fantastic uh, pieces of work. Yeah, and interestingly with a lot of these, these are considered like the height of all of these individual bands, their career. Yeah. Um, which is amazing, because they all came out the same year. They did albums before, albums afterwards, but a lot of them are very much tater right. This was when they was at their absolute peak. And I guess looking through that list, they was all in competition with each other. So that Mm. must have raised the game in the songwriting, which would have happened in the early 70s and what they was influenced by in order to come out with such classic, amazing music that they did. So you you chose an album and I chose an album. Um, (laughs) What did you choose? Well, yeah, (laughs) I went with The Who, Quadrophenia. Quadrophenia by The Who, which we'll get to very, very shortly. Um, I went with Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. The fact, of course, um, timing couldn't be better, really, because... uh, on Sunday, he's going to be kind of wrapping up his yeah. arena kind of gigs. He's not going to yeah. be touring the world anymore. Um, and he's going to be appearing at Glastonbury, the legendary Glastonbury Festival. Yeah, and apparently he's uh, it's a completely different set list. He's got four very special guests, which haven't been named yet. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, he's going to write a new album. It'll be his first album for quite a number of years. Uh, and he's also got a couple of musicals going on. So he's not coming away from the music scene at mm. all. He's still very much in it. I think it's just the rigours of those huge tours. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of gone, no, nah, I'm done with that. But, but I would imagine he'd probably turn up every now and again for the odd special gig. <laughs> Why not? I mean, the, the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour, it's been going on, what, about three three or four years? Yeah. Uh, maybe a bit longer, actually. Be, obviously, you know, with COVID, that, that uh, put a, uh, a block on it for a while. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a mammoth tour. Really it really is. It, it is. But he's always done those. I think that's that's the thing. He really learnt his art as a, as a performer by just going out and playing because he was a session musician first yeah. back in the day yeah. and famously played on a lot of uh, what's it um, get it on Mark Bolan you know a lot of those yeah. uh, before before he kind of uh, became a legend within his own right but he's always played and done phenomenal shows and um, I remember I saw him here he, he played at the World um, Dubai World Cup uh Probably he about did. 10, 10, 12 years ago, and mm-hmm. that was just phenomenal. But he's, his catalogue of hits is just like, like no one else's, the quality of his music and his musicianship. And I think one of the things that's really special about him live is he's pretty much retained the same band for quite a long yeah. time. Yeah. So they've all kind of grown up with him. They've all learned their trade together with him. So doing these tours, it's like kind of 
going back home do you know what i mean yeah. because you've got your family around you and you knew, know each other intimately and i think that just amplifies why it's just such a power performer even to this day yeah for sure and uh, you know you mentioned there elton with his band um i've seen elton on a solo gig oh wow uh, and this was at the dubai creek golf and yacht club wow where really? he performed in front of maybe six seven thousand people just him and a piano and it was just amazing yeah what an amazing show you know one guy can captivate an audience like that is pretty unique exactly and i think that also goes i, I think he's actually quite underrated as a pianist <laughs> oh he can Strangely play it enough but uh, yeah i mean obviously that's that's kind of in your uh yeah that's in your wheelhouse but um yeah i mean as a as a songwriter i mean obviously bernie Taupin very right, famous for, for the lyrics and him writing the music but i i kind of went through a few of his songs in research for this and, and trying to work them out they're very complex they're not your kind of standard chord changes you know the guy really knows what he's doing he knows how to write hooks and it was interesting one of the clips on um, yellow brick road they were saying about like how his piano playing really interacts with how he sings because he'll stop singing, then he'll he'll, do, he'll embellish the piano a little bit more. Okay, okay. And to do that is just, yeah, just absolutely fantastic. Let's get our title track in for this album. It's 50 years old this year. So there it is, the epic title track. Uh, so what do we know about this uh, album, uh, apart from it turning 50 this year, Cal? Yeah, well, in total, it's got global sales of over 30 million. Uh, it was released on the 5th of October, which, interestingly enough, our next album was also released in October. Uh, so, so that was a good one. Bernie Taupin wrote the lyrics to the whole album in, in two and a half weeks, and, um, and Elton John composed most of the melodies within three days, which was... Wow. <laughs> They, they were clearly top of their game with, with their output there. It was recorded uh, partly in Jamaica uh, and then partly in France and had hits such as Candle in the Wind, Benny and the Jets, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Saturday Night, It's All Right for Fighting, which was the first song I ever played in front of people when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Well, we'll have, yeah, a, little yeah, we'll have yeah. a little clip of that uh, coming up shortly. I mean, uh, also an iconic album cover as well. Is, uh, you know, Not many people wouldn't recognise Elton John stepping onto that Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly enough, the the original artwork for that uh, sold at Bonhams in 2019 for ten thousand pounds, and uh, and it was it was done by a, a chap 
uh, an, an English illustrator called Ian Beck, and he'd done an illustration for an artist called Jonathan Kelly, who had an album out in '72 called Wait Till They Change. Yeah. And the uh, his record company at the time really liked it, and they commissioned him and said, "Right, we want to do something similar." Uh, they played him the record, you know, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. We want those elements in. And what he did when he was sketching it out, he had um, a female artist friend of his kind of stand and do that pose. And when you look at it, interestingly enough, that's why Elton John's legs are really long on the cover. Because <laughs> it was based <laughs> off of these very tall... Uh, yeah, he's got his platform fashion. shoes on as yeah, well. That as well, yeah. But, but it's so iconic. And I think it's one of those... That's a beauty, especially if you get it on vinyl. You just you'll find something different in it yeah. every time you look at it, and I think that again harps back to. I mean, there's so many classic covers going back to that area. I mean, we we mentioned Dark Side of the Moon, and again with this, I think the artwork and the visuals through that time was as strong, almost as the music, as we said about yeah. Aladdin Sane last week. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. So iconic. Right, we're going to get a squeeze in another track right now from uh, this classic album, another beauty, Benny and the Jets. So there's our second track from uh, the album uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It turns 50 years of age in 2023. Uh, live um, version of that tune there, Benny and the Jets. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's just such a great song, isn't it? It's just really, really Lovely powerful. Riff, it, yeah. it really is, but it's really driving. It's very, very rock and roll. And um, interestingly enough, it was written, the lyrics is written about a futuristic rock and roll band made up of identical-looking female Bowie, uh, David Bowie types. So it's very, okay. very sci-fi. And what's very in- glam. Yeah, and what was interesting, you remember the song um, Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer? Yeah, yeah. You know that iconic video of him in the suit and, and the girls playing the instruments behind? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Bernie Taupin saw that, he said, that's exactly what I had in mind when I wrote that song. You know, these, these kind of... Uh, 
androgynous kind of yeah. girl singing behind it but um the music is so good it's so good and powerful it's amazing isn't it and uh, it was also used in 1999 when the mary j blige reworked it into a song called a deep inside and Elton, in fact, played the piano on that track as, as well. Yeah. So there you go. Um, second song from the album. We've got another couple um, to take a look at when we come back. We're looking at music once again that's turning 50 years of age in 2023. <laughs> Benny and the Jets. <laughs> Bit of a stutter on that one from uh, Elton John. It's from this classic album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is the Night Shift on Dubai Eye 103.8. Famous song from that Goodbye Yellow Brick Road uh, album. In fact, famous twice over. Originally written as a tribute to Marilyn Monroe, but uh, also rewritten in memory of Princess Diana. Yeah, and um, 
I, I remember that when he did it because there was a lot of talk before because he's he's very emotional uh, and I remember seeing him because they broadcast the funeral live when he played yeah, it live yeah yeah and then after that uh, it was released as a single and uh, it sold over 33 million copies worldwide uh, one of the fastest selling singles and it raised over 30 million dollars uh, for for AIDS research so um it was just, and it was one of Diana's favourite songs, and you can understand why. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, a lot of similarities <laughs> between the two lives. But it's an what, epic tune, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, one of the best-selling singles in history, uh, as yeah. you said, 33 million copies. Uh, I'm just going to pl- quickly play a little clip of this. Is for what first song you ever played That's, in public? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I played it somewhere uh, in South London when I was 13 in front of people. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> great fun. <laughs> it's from the album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Saturday nights, all right for fighting. It's got a nice mix of um, of ballads and uh, up tempo grooves on this tune, on this album, hasn't it? And uh, yeah. you know, that's one of the the, the faster songs and yeah. uh, famously, um, you know, um, highlighted uh, kind of life back in the nineteen seventies. I think. Yeah, very much so. And this is kind of almost in the the kind of almost status quo kind of boogie yeah. kind of style, yeah. isn't it? Really, which yeah. shows a lot of diversity within his writing, but. Again, it's just a great song to get up and dance around to. Great fun to play when you're 13 as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's uh, one album then that we're looking at tonight that turns uh, 50 this year. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. So that was my choice. What did Kel go for, I wonder? Yeah, so I went for The Who Quadrophenia. The Who Quadrophenia. Okay, um, iconic album again. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's a really interesting story surrounding this because I think a lot of people... Well, no, the movie, which actually came out a lot later, it came out in uh, in 1979, whereas the album came out in 73. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting with this is this was kind of like at the peak of their fame. Tommy had come out, which was like another concept, a rock opera. Yeah. Absolutely huge, blew them completely into the stratosphere. And then after that, um, then he tried to write, um, Pete Townsend tried to write another similar kind of thing called The Lifehouse Story. Okay. And that didn't quite work out because I think trying to do another one, frictions within the band, it just kind of didn't work. And a lot of those songs ended up on Who's Next, which was a really strong album and had tracks like Bubba O'Reilly, Won't Get Fooled Again and Behind Blue Eyes. But So they were super, super successful. However, within all of them, they was kind of falling apart with everything that was happening with fame and everything thing else. Keith Moon. Well, yeah, and him, him as well. They all kind of went off and did their own things. Yeah. So he, he came up with the idea of Quadrophenia, and Quadrophenia is kind of set really around um, the, the mod scene in the 1960s and very much around the story of Jimmy, who's a young mod who's kind of struggling with identity. He'd gone out and he'd had a really, really good time connected with, with who, the Who as a band and then was struggling moving forward. But the interesting part of this is it kind of comes in four pieces, and, and what he's done is he, he's got a different part 
for kind of every single member of the band. And this is where the quad thing comes from. So you've got kind of different elements of the personality. So the story is told through the lens of Jimmy, who's also struggling. I mean, it brings up things like kind of mental health, which is mm. going back then. Yeah. It's a real, real big topic. Yeah. And kind of the elements that, that he was struggling with. But also he, he did it in a way to kind of bring the band back together by focusing on different elements. One was romantic. One was a little bit more aggressive. One was a little bit more arty. So it kind of focused on these different kind of personality traits all sold through this this lens and it also kind of reflected back to pete townsend's earlier time as well and, and the mod scene so it's kind of told from the 70s but also looking back on the 60s so it's it's a very very rich story within within yeah. what it's told you say the mod scene um mm. that, that it was like a, a a musical movement fashion the yeah. other side of the fence was rockers right mods and exactly rockers. Yeah, who famously clashed um, in Brighton yeah. <laughs> in the in the, the early seventies? The mods would, would be driving their scooters. And yeah, the Vespers, and then the rockers would yeah, have yeah. have the triumphs. Yeah, and here's the, the first tune. It's called "The Real Me." Quadrophenia is the album by The Who. It turns 50 this year. There's uh, our first track, The Real Me. Bass playing getting high up there, yeah? Yeah, it's incredible. And I think it's... Uh, John Entwist was a bass player. is just phenomenal. But I think this is really interesting because he's almost playing like a lead line. Pete Townsend's guitar is kind of very much on the money. It's not too busy. Yeah. Keith Moon's playing is, is completely out there, but really busy. And so the bass is busy. The, the drums are busy. Pete Townsend sitting back, but it's just so powerful, so so. You powerful. can feel the energy, can't you? Of, yeah, of, exactly. Of the band from that. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that song's been covered as well a couple of times. Uh, Wasp have done it, and, and also the Offspring. And the Offspring, yeah. I think Wasp. I think it was in the eighties they did it, and it got to about twenty-three in the charts. But um, yeah, this is an interesting part of the story because this is when he's talking to family, he's talking to his doctor, kind of going, "I'm, I'm feeling all of yeah. these different things," and he yeah. keeps going back to try and understand what, what's kind of going on. With, within his mind so it's an interesting one but um, yeah an absolute belter of a song to, tell me to uh, as with. a guitarist uh, Pete mm. Townsend as, as a guitar player ah, just phenomenal <laughs> 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 he's, he's not so much on the on the lead side but it's just like whenever he plays it's like a smack in the face he just has yeah. this incredible tone this incredible energy it's kind of like built up aggression but in a really positive way and he has a very very distinct guitar sound that is just so punchy um, and his songwriting is, is just incredible. And as a performer, 
especially all of the stuff that he did in the 60s and 70s, like the windmill and, um, you know, and the splits and all of the, the kind of sliding down the stage. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think he, he was the one who's kind of set the scene for every guitarist. Like, right, these are guitar poses from A, yeah, to, yeah, a to Z. Yeah. Look at Townsend. Have you ever done a windmill? I've done it a couple of times, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid to say. Dislocated your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There we go. First track then from the album Quadrophenia. We'll come back with more. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Talking music and talking classic albums that have turned 50 years of age in 2023. We took a good old deep dive into Goodbye Yellow Brick Road from, of course, uh, Sir Elton John. And uh, now is Quadrophenia from uh, The Who. Um, kind of examining youth culture and its clashes with the older generation. And we come to song number two, an unusual title, The, the Punk and the Godfather. Yeah, and actually three years before punk started as well, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure the title had an influence on that. But um, yeah, this is a really interesting part of the story because this is effectively when Jimmy goes back to the previous times where he had a really, really good time, where everything kind of began, expecting everything to be the same. And it comes with those things like, be careful of meeting your heroes because you might get let down. So yeah, this is yeah. kind of really about him going to, to meet the band um, and them just being in a completely different space. And in fact, there's a wonderful picture in, in the album because uh, it comes comes with a photo book. Okay, And you've got him on a scooter on the left-hand side, and there's a big gap, and then you've got the Who coming out of Hammersmith Odeon, like in their 70s gear, and you see a complete difference between the two. So he's trying, Jimmy's trying to go back to past glory, but everybody's moved on. So this is really about, like, the, the, the punk as, as he's the young kid going back, but this really kind of amplifies him. He's disillusionment with how everything's changed, wanting everything to be back, and how he's dealing with it, which was the theme through a couple of the other songs. Like, there's a big part in uh, in the story where he meets what's called the Ace Face. So he was like the kind of the coolest part of the mod movement. He had the clothes, he had the best bike, he danced yeah, the best. Yeah. And he hung out with him for a little bit, and then when he goes back, there's a song on there called Bellboy, and it's like he's expecting the Ace Face to be like this really cool guy, and he's not. He's just a bellboy of a hotel, and uh, and there's lots of these little kind of things. So this this really kind of amplifies him going back, expecting everything to be the same, and just being completely disillusioned that um, everyone's moved on and he hasn't. <laughs>
Oh, once again, that raw power just comes yeah. uh, over from the Who, doesn't it? And uh, once again, this album, Quadrophenia, the punk and uh, the Godfather, the uh, title of that tune. I mean, all in all, they've just got four powerhouses on, in every department. I mean, Keith Moon <laughs> as a drummer, famous for his antics offstage, offstage as, yeah. as, you know, smashing up his drum kits. And yeah. Did he drive a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool, something like I that? I think I've he's heard. done pretty yeah. much everything and a lot of stuff we probably are, are <laughs> able to talk about on no. it. But um, one of the things that's not really recognised with him, like Roger Daltrey really backs him up. He says his tempo's amazing because uh, people don't actually realise he's... he's Technically, he, he, the way I describe it, it's like falling falling down the stairs. It's, it sounds like yeah. he's falling down the stairs, but in time. Yeah. And Roger Daltrey says his tempo in his pocket is just amazing. But I think it's just the chaotic energy of the personality. And again, when you look at the personalities, you've got Townsend, who's like upfront, aggressive, yeah. all of that energy. You've got Keith Moon, who's just crazy man, which comes through their playing. John Entwistle, a little bit more subtle, but really holding it all back. But you've got so much power between them. And then you go into Roger Daltrey. Yeah, lead vocal. And his voice and his vocal and the power he's got was just sensational. So you you put those those four together, it was only going to go one of two ways, like absolute <laughs> chaos or something truly special, which it uh, which the Who really yeah. are. And of course, still around, aren't they? They're yeah. you know, still, uh, still touring. They're still playing. And uh, I think uh, it's Simon Townsend, who's Pete, Pete Townsend's uh, brother, uh, helps out on guitar and he's also now to fill John Entwistle's shoes takes a special bass player and there's a bass player which every musician will know called Pino Palladino yeah yeah the most well known played on every song that everybody's ever known so he does bass for The Who and uh, yeah they're still touring to today um, and Roger Daltrey's still he's still he's still got it, it. he's still got it yeah he's still, he's still got his shirt open standing at the front belting it out swinging the microphone up to the <laughs> right up to the top of the auditorium and windmills yeah, just... of microphones <laughs> okay we got time for one more uh, track from uh, this album once again Turning 50 uh, you might want to add it to your collection, and it's called uh, "Love Rain or or Me." <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a way of saying. Yeah, there's um, some unusual titles, aren't there? Yeah, I, I think it's just a, a way of saying "over" because it's "Love Rain yeah. Over Me" or like "Over." I mean, it sounds a bit West Country, doesn't it? Love <laughs> Rain Over Me, my love. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is. Uh, I think this really showcases Roger Daltrey's vocals incredibly. It's a beautiful song, and again, I think in the, it, this is a part of the story where he's kind of contemplating things aren't going as good as they should be. What do I do? And he's kind of out at sea. And then the rain suddenly comes down. Um, round about that sort of time, um, Pete Townsend was was inspired by a spiritual leader called Maya Baba. So this, there was a lot of this, when you get the rain come on you, it's it's kind of a message from uh, from upstairs that's cleansing you. Okay. So it kind of hits him at that point of the story. And uh, and they played this at Live Aid as well. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And Daughtry's uh, vocals are just incredible on this.
Wow, there's some serious vocals going on there, yeah. isn't there, from Roger Daltrey, and uh, that, I think that shows off his voice more, more than anything I've ever heard before. Yeah, it really does, and when he's spoken about this song, he, he really bought it. When, when Townsend went to him with, with the story of what he was doing with Quadrophene, he went, no, I buy into this, and when he told him the story of where this song comes from, he said when he does that big scream that we've just heard, yeah, yeah. he said, I just had to put everything into it. I wanted to put joy pain frustration every single emotion that i've gone through that jimmy's going through i i I had that in my head and put it through on that screen and it really comes across because it's it's from the heart you know it just it's just there and it just kind of kind of Mm. smacks you in the face and it's got that very kind of rock opera kind of feel to it yeah you know a bit like um a bit like tommy yeah yeah it does yeah it's very very anthemic and I think that's that was very much part of th- this is something like Townsend's a, a real story writer, you know, yeah. almost more than a guitarist. And everything is big and brash and bold. And this is a big story. And really, to kind of get away with doing this, I mean, again, back then to do these kind of concept albums was a new thing. Yeah, yeah. you've got to put a lot behind it, but you need the people backing it up. And Roger Daltrey front and center on this. And again, when he did it at Live Aid, I think it was it was the bit it cut out a bit, but it came in just as he went into that screech. So powerful, so so powerful. Yeah, I'm kind of putting comparisons with Queen and and Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, and uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's almost got, lot, got movements, hasn't it? You know, it different really movements, does. like a classical piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I think a lot, of the, a lot of this album is, is done with that, with lots of different parts to it. But um, yeah, it's interesting because I think like Freddie's got a different voice, very, yeah. very trained yeah. and very on, on, the, on the bun. This is just pure raw emotion, which is uh, absolutely fabulous.
So there you have it, two albums turning 50 um, this year. Which one would you prefer to have? Would you, would you, would you own them both? I, I'd have to be both. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be falling on the Elton John side of things because that's kind of more my more my bag. But um, yeah, I can certainly hear the quality in, in that album, Quadrophenia. And that would just be amazing live, wouldn't oh. it? You know. Yeah, well, they tried to tour it uh, immediately afterwards, but it's so complicated, the audience didn't get it. They struggled to play it live. So in the end, they, they stopped doing it. They, they, toured, they, t- they tried to tour it for about 18 months, but it just didn't, didn't work. work. And then I think they did it later on, um, which worked really, really well. But yeah, initially, it was a, it was a little bit too much. Uh, Kel, always fantastic to have you in our studios to talk music. And uh, there we are, two great albums, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and Quadrophenia, both turning 50 years of age. We'll catch you again soon. We'll do. Take care. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.